Russian society. God save the little duck, for the bill and variety. We are the desperate man, appreciation society. God save strawberry jam, with all the Hi, welcome to the Lessons of Life, the podcast where we discuss the 12 laws of mind that govern our lives. And we're reading The Game of Life by Florence Scoville Shin. We're on Chapter 10, Denials and Affirmations. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. All the good is that is to be made manifest in man's life is already an accomplished fact in divine right, and is released through man's recognition or spoken word. So we must be careful to decree that only the divine idea be made manifest. For often he decrees through his idle words, failure or misfortune. It is therefore the utmost importance to word one's demands correctly, as stated in a previous chapter. If one desires a home, friend, position, or any other good thing, Make the demand for the divine selection. For example, infinite spirit, open the way for my right home, my right friend, my right position, my right truck. I give thanks. It now manifests under grace in perfect ways. I threw in the truck. The latter part of the statement is most important. It now manifests under grace in a perfect way. I knew a woman who demanded a thousand dollars. Her daughter was injured and they received a thousand dollars indemnity. So it did not come in a perfect way. This is one of the things I found uh, horrifying, for lack of a better term, on the Neville Goddard uh, Reddit site and some of the Facebook groups where people were, you know, sharing their success stories. But the success involved some, you know, horrible things. And it just went ain't no good. So I agree with Florence in this wholeheartedly. I do it myself. And I think it's just perfect. You know, it's just, it comes in a perfect way. It comes under grace and mercy. It now manifests under grace in a perfect way. And this is because we've risen higher in consciousness and have ascended. So therefore, we're under love and forgiveness, grace, and mercy. It's perfectly great to ask for it in a perfect way. The demand should have been worded in this way. Infinite Spirit, I give thanks that the $1,000, which is mine by divine right, is now released and reaches me under grace in a perfect way. As one grows in a financial consciousness, he should demand that the enormous sums of money, which are his by divine right, reach him under grace in perfect ways. It is impossible for man to release more than he thinks is possible, for one is bound by the limited expectancies of the subconscious. He must enlarge his expectancies in order to receive in a larger way. Man so often limits himself in his demands. For example, a student made the demand for $600 by a certain date. He did receive it, but heard afterwards that he came very near receiving a thousand dollars, but he was given just six hundred as the result of his spoken word. They limited the Holy One of Israel. Wealth is a matter of consciousness. The French have a legend giving an example of this. 
A poor man was walking along a road when he met a traveler, who stopped him and said, My good friend, I see you are poor. Take this gold nugget, sell it, and you will be rich all your days. The man was overjoyed at his good fortune and took the nugget home. He immediately found work and became so prosperous that he did not sell the nugget. Years passed and he became a very rich man. One day he met a poor man on the road and he stopped him and said, My good friend, I will give you this gold nugget which, if you sell, will make you rich for life. The mendicant took the nugget, had it valued, and found it was only brass. So we see the first man became rich through feeling rich, thinking the nugget was gold. Every man has within himself a gold nugget. It is his consciousness of gold, of opulence, which brings riches into his life. In making his demands, man begins at his journey's end. That is, he declares he has already received. Before ye call, I shall answer. Continually affirming establishes the belief in your mind. It would not be necessary to make an affirmation more than once if one had perfect faith. One should not plead or supplicate, but give thanks repeatedly that he has received. The de desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. This rejoicing, which is yet in the desert, opens the way for release. The Lord's Prayer is in the form of command and demand. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and ends in praise. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. So prayer is command and demand. Praise and thanksgiving. The student's work is in making himself believe that with God all things are possible. This is easy enough to state in the abstract, but a little more difficult when confronted with a problem. For example, it was necessary for a woman to demonstrate a large sum of money within a stated bond. She knew she must do something to get a realization, for realization is manifestation and she demanded a leave. She was walking through a department store when she saw a very beautiful pink enamel paper cutter. She felt the pull towards it. The thought came, I have a paper cutter good enough to open letters containing large checks. So she bought the paper cutter, which the reasoning mind would have called an extravagance. When she held it in her hand, she had a flash of a picture of herself opening an envelope containing a large check and in a few weeks she received the money. The pink paper cutter was her bridge of active faith. Many stories are told of the power of the mind when directed in faith. For example, a man was spending the night in a farmhouse. The windows of the room had been nailed down and in the middle of the night he felt suffocated and made his way in the dark to the window. He could not open it, so he smashed the pane with his fist. He drew in droughts of fine, fresh air and had a wonderful night's sleep. The next morning, he found he had smashed the glass of a bookcase and the window had remained closed during the whole night. He had supplied himself with oxygen simply by his thought of oxygen. When a student starts out to demonstrate, he should never turn back. Let not that man who wavers think that he shall receive 
anything of the reward. A colored student once made this wonderful statement. When I ask the Lord for anything, I puts my foot down and I says, Father, I'll take nothing less than I've asked for, but more. So man should never compromise. Having done all, stand. This is sometimes the most difficult time of demonstrating. The temptation comes to give up, to turn back, to compromise. He also serves who only stands and waits. Demonstrations often come at the 11th hour because man then lets go. That is, stops reasoning and infinite intelligence has a chance to work. Man's dreary desires are answered drearily and his impatient desires long delayed or violently fulfilled. For example, a woman asked me why it was she was constantly losing or breaking her glasses. We found she often said to herself and others with vexation, I wish I could get rid of my glasses. So her impatient desire was violently fulfilled. What she should have demanded was perfect eyesight. But what she registered in the subconscious was simply the impatient desire to be rid of her glasses. So they were continually being broken or lost. Two attitudes of mind cause loss. Depreciation, as in the case of the woman who did not appreciate her husband, or fear of loss, which makes a picture of loss in the mind. When a student is able to let go of his problem, cast his burden, he will have instantaneous manifestation. For example, a woman was out during a stormy day and her umbrella was blown inside out. She was about to make a call on some people whom she had never met and she did not wish to make her first appearance with the dilapidated umbrella. She could not throw it away as it did not belong to her. So in desperation she exclaimed, Oh God, you take charge of this umbrella. I don't know what to do. A moment later, a voice behind her said, Lady, do you want your umbrella mended? There stood an umbrella mender. She replied, Indeed, I do. The man mended the umbrella while she went to, into the house to pay her call, and when she returned, she had a good umbrella. So there is always an umbrella mender at hand on, mass, on man's pathway when one puts the umbrella or situation in God's hands. One should always follow a denial with an affirmation. For example, I was called on the phone late one night to treat a man whom I had never seen, who was apparently very ill. I made the statement, I deny this appearance of disease, it is unreal, therefore cannot register in his consciousness. This man is a perfect idea in divine mind, pure substance expressing perfection. There is no time or space in divine mind, therefore the word reaches instantly its destination and does not return void. Treated patients in Europe and found that the result was instantaneous. I am often asked the difference between visualizing and visioning. Visualizing is a mental process governed by the reasoning or conscious mind. Visioning is a spiritual process governed by intuition or the superconscious mind. The student should train his mind to receive these flashes of inspiration and work out the divine pictures through definite leads. When a man can say, I desire only that which God desires for me, his new set of blueprints is given him by the master architect, the guard within. God's plan for each man transcends the limitation of the reasoning mind and is always the square of light. 
containing health, wealth, and love, and perfect expression. Many a man is building for himself an imagination of bungalow when he should be building a palace. If a student tries to force a demonstration through the reasoning mind, he brings it to a standstill. I will hasten, I will hasten, saith the Lord. He should act only through intuition or definite leads. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. I have seen the law work in the most astonishing manner. For example, a student stated that it was necessary for her to have $100 for the following day. It was a debt of vital importance which had to be met. I spoke the word declaring spirit was never too late and that the supply was at hand. That evening she phoned me of the miracle. She said that the thought came to her to go to her safe deposit box at the bank to examine some papers. She looked over the papers and at the bottom of the box was a new $100 bill. She was astounded and said she knew she had never put it there for she had gone through the papers many times. It may have been a materialization as Jesus Christ materialized the loaves and fishes. Man will reach the stage where his word is made flesh or materialized instantly. The fields ripe with the harvest will manifest immediately as in all the miracles of Jesus Christ. There is a tremendous power alone in the name Jesus Christ. It stands for truth made manifest. He said, Whatsoever ye ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. The power of this name raises the student into the fourth dimension, where he is freed from all astral and psychic influences, and he becomes unconditioned and absolute, as God himself is unconditioned and absolute. I've seen many healings accomplished by using the words in the name of Jesus Christ. Christ was both person and principle, and the Christ within each man is his redeemer and salvation. The Christ within is his own fourth dimensional self, the man made in God's image and likeness. This is the self which has never failed, never known sickness or sorrow, was never born and has never died. It is the resurrection and the life of each man. No man cometh to the Father save by the Son means that God, the universal, working on the place of the particular, becomes the Christ in man, and the Holy Ghost means God in action. So daily, man is manifesting the Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Man should make an art of thinking. The master thinker is an artist and is careful to paint only the divine designs upon the canvas of his mind. And he paints these pictures with masterly strokes of power and decision, having perfect faith that there is no power to mar their perfection, that they shall manifest in his life the ideal made real. All power is given man through right thinking to bring his heaven upon his earth. And this is the goal of the game of life. The simple rules are fearless faith, non-resistance, and love. May each reader be now freed from that thing which has held him in bondage through the ages, standing between him and his own, and know the truth which makes him free. 
free to fulfill his destiny, to bring into manifestation the divine design of his life, health, wealth, love, and perfect expression. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Denials and Affirmations For Prosperity God is my unfailing supply, and large sums of money come to me quickly under grace and perfect ways. For right conditions, every plan my Father in Heaven has not planned shall be dissolved and dissipated, and the divine idea now comes to pass. For right conditions, only that which is true of God is true of me, for I and the Father are one. For faith, as I am one with God, I am one with my good, for God is both the giver and the gift. I cannot separate the giver from the gift. For right conditions, divine love now dissolves and dissipates every wrong condition in my mind, body, and affairs. Divine love is the most powerful chemical in the universe and dissolves everything which is not of itself. For health, Divine love floods my consciousness with health and every cell in my body is filled with light. For the eyesight, my eyes are God's eyes. I see with the eyes of spirit. I see clearly the open way. There are no obstacles on my pathway. I see clearly the perfect plan. For guidance, I'm divinely sensitive to my intuitive leads and give instant obeyance to thy will. For the hearing, my ears are God's ears. I hear with the ears of spirit. I am non-resistant and I'm willing to be led. I hear glad tidings of great joy. For right work, I have a perfect work in a perfect way. I give perfect service for perfect pay for freedom from all bondage. I cast this burden on the Christ within, and I go free. This book is an amazing book, and should be read, and then, you know, think about it, wait a little while, and go read it again. Each time you will get more insights, and understand more, and how to properly claim it, so that it does come under grace and with mercy and that it permeates with love and you don't fall under the karmic law anymore. If you uh, do Neville Goddard, keep that in mind that you are playing with details and it will come about uh, with karmic law. And this is what Neville meant by look back and see how it came to you. But until he learned how to forgive, he didn't tell you what to do with that, and that's what you're supposed to do, is forgive the ones you thought were being awful because they were part of bringing you your gift. So I hope this helps and blessings to you. Thank you. Thank you for being you.